Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Han Talks First. This is the Mando Talk Show, and today we are talking about the newest episode called The Tragedy. What could that mean? Well, we're going to find out here today, but uh, I'm joined again by the co-host, Dean. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, you know, same old, <laughs> same old. I, I haven't gone anywhere or seen anybody in months, so I'm just... You know, sitting here surrounded by all my Star Wars stuff and losing my mind. <laughs> and complaining about how short the episodes are now. Uh, most definitely. Actually, I'm glad you asked how I'm doing because if some of you noticed, this weekend I posted a video of me building this little guy. Look at that. Isn't that cool? It, like the ears, they interact. He can move his head. And even comes with his little his little ball. Isn't that cool? So yeah, I did a time lapse. Oh <laughs> I'll fix that later. Okay. I did a time lapse video of me building this Lego set, which is on the channel, everybody. It came out yesterday. So go and check that out. It's pretty fun. Walk through. I'm gonna set it right here. That way you don't break it again. <laughs> Watch it falls halfway through and <laughs> it was just it was just his little knuckle. His knuckle fell off. It's okay. Okay, so yeah, enough of that. Everyone's here to listen about the Mando Talk show. So let's jump right into it. I would like to start off by saying that I loved this episode so much, I knew about halfway through that it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. And I told you this was one I was really looking forward to. And it did not disappoint. Uh, everything about it was great. Uh, parts of it actually felt like a fan film to me, which is interesting. And we got some more lore from legacy yep. characters. We learned about some more people. Uh, we broadened the story and we have separated Grogu and Jinjarin which is something I wanted to see. I'm very happy with it. This episode was great. Uh, we were talking, you were t- texting me as you were watching it. You like just finished it and you were telling me this episode's too short, but it's amazing. And it's kind of how I felt too. As soon it, as it, it, you go ahead. It go also ahead. going off, off of what you said real quick about how you said it almost felt like a fan film. Um, after these, because the, they're not a recording. After these, Han and I will usually stick on, talk a little bit more about like what we think is coming up next. That way, it's not really our theories just taking over this um, like show. But literally, after I was saying that, the next episode is going to be Boba, and I thought it was going to be it went a completely different route, as I said. But everything else was to the T of I said like um, Grogu was just going to be sitting there doing the thing, and then the Empire was going to come in. It was almost to the T minus that one big difference of 
just I know that we're going to get to Boba, but how they played out Boba, which was phenomenal. The, we finally got to see Boba be the badass we've always wanted him to be. <laughs> Let's talk about I want real quick, very quickly. I want to talk about marketing and the marketing for the show, because there was one issue I had with this one that I didn't have with others. And that was when I got onto Disney plus and I got to Mandalorian clicked on season two and it shows you, shows me the thumbnail of Cara Dune sitting at the table with Jin Jar in, in front of her. And I was like, okay, we're going to get Cara Dune in this episode. <laughs> now we know that she doesn't come in until the very end. And throughout the whole episode, I was like, wow, all this stuff's going on and they're in trouble and there's Havoc and all this kind of stuff. I was, I was like, Oh, well, I know that he's going to run into Cara Dune and they're going to get off this planet. So in a way, I kind of felt spoiled from the suspense that was in that episode. I, I was subverted a little bit because Grogu was eventually separated. But one thing that kind of bugged me a little bit was I knew that they were going to go back to, what is that planet called? That car is on? <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I can't think of it. They say it every other episode. Okay, while you look it up. But we knew they were going back there at some point or they were going to run into Kara. So, I don't know. For me, it kind of felt a little bit of, not spoiler, but it kind of took me out of the surprise around every corner of the show because I knew she was going to come back into it. Did you? Do you have any issues with that when you see the thumbnail before watching it? Sometimes there's no, but in my personal opinion, this one was meant to kind of elude you in the other like direction because like you know what i was expecting um which was to get boba and they showed cardoon that way all of a sudden and i was like fanboying out when all of a sudden slave one just starts coming down uh, out of the atmosphere and i'm like here it is (laughs) (laughs) dude i had i had that spoiled for me and I'm so upset. It was, I mean, we, we all kind of figured the ship was going to be in this season, but I had it spoiled for me about two weeks ago that it was going to be in this episode. And I was so upset because if I had seen that in the moment without knowing it was coming, that would have, I was already happy and like a big grin on my face, but it would have been so much more if I didn't know. And which also brings me back to this the marketing of this show and talking about spoilers. I'm sorry, guys. I know we're not talking about the episode yet, but I, I think this is important. And your opinion with Star Wars and spoiler culture and, you know, avoiding things to come. Do you have like restrictions for yourself? Like, do you like, I know you just watched it now, but it's been out for about 12 hours already. Does that like, I don't know. Do you stay off social media? Do you think it's your own fault if you see spoiler content out there? Or do you think it's those I, people who spoil it? I somehow avoid spoilers. Even like, even if I get on social media, like the only thing, the closest thing to a spoiler I saw there was actually from you. But it, oh, really? you don't, you don't spoil things like you just said that the director, um, Rodriguez did a fantastic job. All you said was Robert on your, um, Instagram story. And that was the closest thing to a spoiler I saw was you saying it was too short and that it was a fantastic episode. Somehow I avoid spoilers. I, I'm lucky, knock on wood. Um, but I'm not really sure how I get that lucky. But like when it comes down to 
rumors and those kind of spoilers, I take them with a grain of salt because 90% of the time, Star Wars fans are wrong about the rumors and that kind of stuff. Just any type of rumors when it comes to video games or whatever. 90 times, like 90 times out of 100, it, it's wrong. Um, yeah. But then when it comes to when it's already out, I just get lucky, to be honest with you. I'm usually one of, like, me and you will text about Star Wars on opening night because I'm three hours in front of you. We make it clear where it's like the only thing I'm allowed to say to you is it was good, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> All right. like, that's that's kind of our agreement because usually I'm seeing it two or three hours before you just because of the time zone difference. Yeah. And usually because I'm on the East Coast, it makes it easier where I usually am one of the first to see it. So I guess that's why I never have to deal with spoilers because I have my ticket to a movie theater months in advance before. So to me, it's, I think it's kind of your own fault because your technology, the technology is so advanced now where like Twitter, you can just tell Twitter to not show you keywords. And if there's a tweet about it, that's on you for not setting that setting. But it's also kind of like you need to, um, as somebody who knows the information, you kind of need to put a big, bold spoiler in the beginning if you're going to talk about it. Very true. I like I like what you said about how like you know you kind of get early access in a way on the East Coast for like the movie experience. And what's funny is it's kind of the opposite with the television side because. I will get it at midnight while as you will get it at 3 a.m. So I have an advantage there, which is kind of funny. But anyway, we're here to talk about the episode. So let's jump into it. I would like to start off with talking about Boba because this was his official return to the Star Wars franchise. And I freaking loved it. I was a little scared because it's Tamara Morrison. I haven't really seen him act outside of... Django Fett, which was kind of a minimal role, and Aquaman. He was Aquaman's dad. I, that, he was <laughs> talking about Aquaman. He was my favorite part of that movie. I think Aquaman is a terrible, awful film, but tomorrow is my favorite part of it. But anyway, he was great. I really thought he brought this character to life, and he like showed that this guy has been through some you know, and he he's seen the world. He's he's all scarred and marked up, but it's not just his physical appearance. The way he talks, he sounds like an old, experienced. He kind of sounds like a good guy in a way now, which is a little weird to some exactly. people. I, yeah, like what are your thoughts on Boba? Like it's just in general. I, I would almost say this was. I know that we've all seen Boba, we all know that he's the awesome character from Empire Strikes Back um, and that kind of stuff. But I would almost say that they finally fixed Boba's legacy. Like, the way he died, being elbowed in the back, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or the way that we he died. And then, before it was just, the only reason he was cool and, like, as a character was because he was silent. He was... Um, and just the armor alone. We never got to see him really do anything cool. And then those shots and like, he clearly was living with the sand people, I feel like. Um, yeah. but those shots, like we've never seen a stormtrooper helmet break. And that was just instantly just showing how strong Boba is without the armor. And then when he gets that armor, all of a sudden it's just 
jaw dropping with um, the strength and actually seeing what he can do in action. We did see a stormtrooper helmet break in episode eight last season with the armorer when she was like tearing him down at the end. Do you remember that? There was only one trooper that had his helmet broken or like bad. Yeah, that's first order. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh no, not episode like the uh, Mandalorian season episode eight. We did. Yeah, when the armorer tells Jin and them to go off. And she remains there, and the stormtroopers come in. Anyway, them them breaking was really cool, and his fighting in this was incredible. It was amazing. It kind of gave me a little bit more of an acceptance to having a Boba Fett show. At the same time, I'm still not convinced. But yes, it proved that this guy is a a badass soldier, and he I don't know. He's just he can fight very well, and it's just some of the movements that was done in this, the action in general was great, which again, I testament to Robert Rodriguez. I think he's a great action director. And another thing that was really great, him coming on to this, was that he adapted his style to the style that the Mandalorian is shot in, this show. Because usually yep. when you think of Rodriguez, you, you he has this very, very distinct image in his movies <laughs> that he sets off. Very kinetic, fast-paced. Um, it's sometimes made to look like a B movie in some ways, but in this one, he kind of held back. And if you laid out these episodes all at the same time, and I looked at them, I probably wouldn't have been able to guess that this was his episode, but at the same time, he did a fantastic job. He is a seasoned director. He knows action. I think this is some of the best action that I've seen in the Mandalorian so far. It was the best. And you could really tell that like he still got the shots he likes in there because I think it's the way that they broke the um, stormtrooper helmets is why it just stuck out so much because you had the pieces flying at you, which is one of those shots that he likes where when the explosion or the fight, like the fight or something, he likes the like debris coming at the camera. And I feel like that's why the stormtrooper helmets just breaking stood out to me so much more than episode eight because I do remember it cracking, but I just don't remember it like, feeling like it's flying at you. Yeah, it wasn't like this. Not at all. And yeah, and the stormtroopers too, I I felt like these were stormtroopers from A New Hope, just the way they talked to each other. Uh, I was curious if they used some of the same dialogue as before because it sounds like the same guy, but I thought that was great. Uh, I loved how uh, Fennec was reintroduced to this and how she's in service to Boba Fett now. And Boba Fett and Fennec's relationship is very similar to Jango Fett and Zam Wessel from Attack of the Clones. I thought that was beautiful too. I have that as well. Um, the one thing that kind of made me question though is there's no way Boba and Winnick didn't meet each other during the Empire. Wait, 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 say that again? There's no way that Boba and Winnick... hadn't met each other in the past because they both served the empire as bounty hunters nonetheless but when it was but there's no way that they didn't know each other prior and that's just kind of like it makes me want to know their history more just with the way that the chemistry these two actors were able to give these two characters very just abruptly as well it just felt very 
casual and easy. So like, I really hope that if there is the Boba show, we get that actually. I wouldn't mind yeah. us getting a through the Mandalorian and seeing, or almost like episodes uh, in between five and six. Yeah. Um, almost Boba in between there to see the bounty hunting escapades and have Winnick and him going on a mission together. I think that'd be cool if those rumors are true. I, I do too. I, I, and like, like you said, I love their, their relationship with each other as well. And I could definitely see that going on to another show, but right now they're actually going to be joining Jin to help save the child, which is adds to Boba Fett's character too, which I love because he said that, you know, when he got his armor back, Jin was like, okay, so, you know, our deal is over and our negotiating's done. And he was like, no, because I said you would have your child and he's gone. So I'm going to help you get it back. That adds so much to who Boba Fett is as a person. And I love yep. that. And like, not, it's like this moral code of honor among thieves, you know, and they yep. kind of, while he's not a member of the bounty hunting guild, he still respects who Jin is as a Mandalorian, I guess, because he also... Would you okay? Mandal- so consider ties. Mandalorian ties, we'll say. Yeah, let's let's jump onto that because we learned about Django and Boba and their ties to Mandalorian, which we had actually never gotten anything, not even in expanded universe. Yeah. So, yeah. how did you feel about learning about Django and Boba and kind of recap what was said? It kind of disappoints me a little bit because in the um, Legends, I remember that it was like Django was gifted the armor because of how just great of a warrior he was. And it was like a gift. And then now, but I had no problems with him being um, a family also. It actually kind of makes the inevitable bond between Boba and Din that I think we're going to see build out over the next, unfortunately, two episodes. We're already at that point. So sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think we're going to see them actually build a relationship um, that may, maybe like it's just going into season three as well. Maybe. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, so you heard that Django was gifted the armor. I actually heard once that it was armor that he stole from a Mandalorian that he killed. So of course, I, I don't think that was accurate, like in a book or anything. None of it was accurate at this point. <laughs> exactly. But I do love how, you know, the all these legacy characters are being reintroduced into the Mandalorian, and which most of them are kind of unknowns in their background and where they like come from and stuff like that. But the way John Favreau and Dave Filoni are putting them into this world, because they bring in Boba Fett, they have to explain what happened to him and how he's related to all of this, right? And they do that through the armor, and they also do that through his father, Django. And I think they're doing it really well because you could, just like <laughs> Rogue One, Force Awakens, etc., just throw all this stuff in and be like, hey, remember this guy? Wasn't it great? Like, yeah, I love it. Uh, this one, they throw them in there, but they they give them a reason to be there, and they explain it very well. Yep. And so... I don't know. That's what I like about it. So it's another thing. Last thing I'll say about uh, Boba Fett. My favorite part was when uh, the stormtroopers fly away and he fires his, his missile at them 
and then it hits the first ship and it knocks down and hits the second one. Jin is just like, nice shot. And he's like, I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> I love that part so much. So let's move on to Grogu. What was going on on the seeing rock? You know who I think he's calling out to, mm-hmm. which is there's to me, there's no way it's not Ezra with the way everything's going on. Um, and then that scene, did I tell you or did I not tell you? That, that's exactly <laughs> what was going to happen. He was going to be in the middle of it and the Empire was going to come and just mess everything up. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. I did like how the force almost was acting as a force field. Um, for him <laughs> I, was, I thought that was funny. I was like, it's a literal force field. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the one thing that made me question it is when the um when the snipe or when baby yoda slash grogu um had basically was locked on um with the sniper would the laser have passed through the force field or was he safe from even that like could a laser penetrate that um uh, my wife brought that up and i was like i, I don't know like i can't answer that one <laughs> i think he would but, have been uh, safe and that could have given Din an advantage when they was, yeah. he was negotiating down there. So he was, he was in that force field for a long time. So I mean, it's not spoken, but he was definitely contacting somebody. He was talking to someone far away. And you think it says, <laughs> <laughs> I would like, I'm at the point where I want it to be Luke Skywalker. You want Sebastian Stan to come into play, and don't get me wrong, if that happens, I will be ecstatic, because that tells me that we're getting a Luke Skywalker um, spinoff series. Like that, that would confirm that for me, if that happens. I don't think that's what's going to happen, though. It's just, there's too many things tying this whole series back to Rebels. Just too many things. Like, it, it's... So there's there's no way it's not Ezra, in my personal opinion. So I'm, I actually am not a big fan of Sebastian Stan playing Luke. Now, I just said I think he was talking to Luke. I don't think Luke's going to show up. I think when someone comes in, when a Jedi comes in, it's either it's either going to be Ezra or it's going to be an unknown Jedi, a brand new person that is a student of Luke's. And they will say, I am here because Luke Skywalker told me to come. And that's how they will introduce a new character. I don't think they'll bring in Luke. I think there's too much, too much baggage with that. But I think at this point, we're six years away after the, you know, Luke saved the entire galaxy. And I think they have to at least mention him at some point. I'm surprised they haven't. I mean, I'm glad they didn't because it kind of shrinks the world and everything, but I think at some point they have to acknowledge it and maybe Ezra or this new Jedi will acknowledge it in some way. See, I, I personally think he's speaking to Ezra because I, I'm going to have to jump to the end here and the, for my reasoning. Yeah, go ahead. All of Rebels, we saw Ezra dealing with the light side of the Force and the dark side of the Force, that whole thing. He was Maul's apprentice for two seconds, <laughs> was Kanan's for the rest of the time, but it still happened <laughs> um, where he was toying with the dark side of the force and the light side of the force because 
He just wanted the answer to defeat the empire. And with that, like when Ezra shaved his head because of kind of leading down the dark path a little bit and becoming more like the look of Starkiller, um, who is the ultimate example of light and balance in the video game world that we got to control um, to an extent. Um, if you looked at the end when Grogu is honestly tapping into the dark side of the force in a way, he's force choking each stormtrooper, slamming them into each other and looking angry. That's the anguish we've seen Grogu look. Um, it was just one of those things that there's no way that he wasn't speaking to Ezra because Ezra's had those bond issues um, to an extent. Again, not as bad as Anakin, but to an extent, Ezra had those bond issues um, or wanting something so much that he was willing to give up the light side for that want. Um, so it was just, in my opinion, what Grogu's going through, Ezra was the ultimate mentor for that. Yeah, definitely. I could see that happening. So, yeah, let's talk about the ending there, because one thing that I took away from it was that we got so much more of Moff Gideon as a character. Uh, I would say the most that we've seen an actual representation of who he is, and I loved it. He's kind of playful. He's definitely evil. And, you know, he has no remorse for this child or the Mandalorian, his ship, etc. That was another tragedy that we didn't talk about was the loss of the Razor Crest, which is... It's sad, but uh, I'm kind of excited to see what he gets next. Actually, that ship had so many issues, it was it was inevitable <laughs> that it was going to blow up this season. But yeah, Moff, I think Moff Gideon in this episode is the best that I've seen him. I really loved him. You know, he he's, he he, uh, he knows so much about the child than we I think we think he does. He he's probably yeah. been interacting with him before not just in last season, but prior to that. And I, I could have sworn we were going to get a glimpse of who his boss is in this episode, but we didn't. But he's definitely a very meticulous guy and he's got some kind of plan. And I don't know. I just loved him in this. And yeah, the choking out the stormtroopers, I, I freaking loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> and it showed that, you know, all that training that Grogu has had in the past, he does know how to use it. He just chooses not to. And he probably doesn't want to live that life anymore. Just like how when at the beginning, when Din asked him, like, don't you want to be with your people and your Jedi? He kind of grumbles a little bit. I, I think he wants to be done with that. I don't think he wants to use the force. I think he just wants to be a baby <laughs> and live his life, you know, eat eggs, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but where do you think, what do you think is going to happen next? We're two episodes in or two episodes left and it's got to be something big. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, do you think we're going to, if it's Ezra, do you think we're going to get Ezra soon? Like this season? Um, I would say we see the Jedi in the last episode in the last 15 minutes or just a glimpse. They literally, we may only see the color of the lightsaber. Yeah. That'd, like that'd be just cool. that. But then that colored lightsaber, if it's green, it leads us to either Luke or Ezra. Just off of known characters, I should say. Ooh, that would be uh, an excellent cliffhanger. And for the next year, we're all talking about if, whether it's Ezra or Luke. Oh, my God. <laughs> you wouldn't even get to see the hilt or the handle. It would just be literally just the green blade. And, like, you see it go through a stormtrooper. Um, 
kind of what I was saying was I could see Din passing at some point. I'm not saying in this season, but at some point, I think that's even what make Grogu truly want to be the Jedi. Because I do agree with you that he just kind of wants to live and not necessarily be the next um, Yoda. So wait, hold but, on one second, because you uh, almost every episode you bring up that theory that you have about how you know Din or Pedro Pascal is going to be out. They're going to kill him off or they're going to replace him with another Mandalorian or just move on. Is this something, I know you think this is what's going to happen, but is this something that you want to happen? I wouldn't mind them bringing back Rebels. I really wouldn't mind it. It's not necessarily a want. It's kind of like if it happens, awesome. But every episode, you can't deny, it's getting closer and closer to my theory. Yeah. Because so far... It, it's not a direct correlation. Like I said that um, Din and Boba were going to have an all-out battle this episode while this is going on, and then the Empire's going to come in. The difference was Din and um, Boba had a battle. It was just on the same side. <laughs> right. So, But I just – and then Boba could be the new Mando if what I'm saying happens um, instead of Sabine because that's always been my theory is Sabine would randomly come into play because Ahsoka – but I really do think that they're just bringing Rebels back. It's because Rebels was like Filoni's second baby. And this yeah. is his third. And then <laughs> had some tie-in that have made them directly connected more than just a little bit, but they're majorly connected. Like Rebel Season 1 had nothing to do with Clone Wars. Now Ahsoka's in there and she's leading the way <laughs> for Rebels. <laughs> so it's one of those things of it's what he does. is like Season 2 of just using Clone Wars and Rebels as an example, season two of Rebels all of a sudden became like Clone Wars part two, just because it was Clone Wars was kind of Ahsoka's viewpoint. Majority of the time, I think Ahsoka was in more episodes than Anakin and Obi-Wan were in. Um, if I'm thinking about the IMDb characters and like what voices appear, um, I think Ahsoka has more episodes than anybody. So then you tie all that together and it's just now you have Ahsoka and Rebels now you have Ahsoka in Mandalorian, and it's just like Bo-Katan's back. It's just there's a lot of tie-ins is the only reason why I think that. Yeah. By the way, while you were talking, I just remembered the name of the planet, and it was Navarro. <laughs> That's where the, the guild used to hide out, Navarro. It was bugging me the whole time we were talking. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... Speaking of Ahsoka, for all of you listening, please go check out last week's episode of Han Talks First. It came out on Wednesday. It's the top 10 crazy facts about Ahsoka Tano. There's some crazy stuff in there. I talk a little bit about her history and how important she is. But yes, please go check that out. I mean, do you have any last minute thoughts on the episode? I've kind of said everything I, I had to talk about for it. I think Ahsoka is going to be back the next episode, the following episode. Oh, you do? Yep. Because it's one of those things of just like how last season ended, they got the band back together. He's already gone and got um, Cardoon. Um, he's already gone and done that. Uh, we know that Cardoon is now part of the resistance. Um, then we have now Boba, Wenzel, Kara, Din, and then I wouldn't be surprised if we had a circuit to that. And then once you have those five, that's when they're going to go. Because something's telling me that Ahsoka's already probably talking to Grogu through the Force, since that's his first Force connection since the Jedi Temple um, and the Younglings. 
That's his first force connection. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're already communicating. And Ahsoka is just going to randomly appear somewhere to help. Now, yeah, I kind of wish there was a story like Mando going to her and asking for help. But I think she's just going to appear and yeah. be like, Grogu told me he needed something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, Din is getting together his team, his, 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 uh, his posse of, of thieves to go after Moff Gideon. And this leads me to ask the question that um, will there be a giant battle at the end of this season when Favreau pitched this idea of this show to Disney a few years ago and it was greenlit. He was mandated to create a Disney plus version of Game of Thrones. And at the end, I've never watched Game of Thrones, but at the end of Game of Thrones season two, it was already becoming very popular and one of the biggest shows of all time. And it ended with a giant battle. So do you think we're going to get a huge brawl at the end of this episode with two sides fighting and it's going to be epic? I, I really do. Like, again, wouldn't be surprised. The final thing we see is a green lightsaber. Um, and then also seeing maybe a silhouette of who Moff Gideon's bosses. Oh, yeah. Because the thing about Game of Thrones was they were great at kind of every every single episode had somewhat of a cliffhanger. It wasn't like an immediate cliffhanger, but everything had somewhat of a cliffhanger that I really do think that they're just going to end us with something where we're going to be angry that we don't have episode nine, that we have to wait another year um, for whatever just happened. Yeah, I totally agree. Anyway, it was a great episode. Can't wait for next week. So you guys should come back next week and tune in and listen to us talk about next week's episode. And yeah, there'll be another episode dropping this Wednesday. So stay tuned for that as well. Follow everything at Han Talks First podcast on social media. And please check out the YouTube. It's not getting a lot of love. I'm, really, I'm trying really hard to upload content on there and do all these uh, episodes also attached to video. And we do other fun stuff too, like the Lego time-lapse build so please check it out let me know what you think and dean where can everyone find you and yeah that was it (laughs) you can find me at um on youtube at four-legged gamer the first video will be uploaded um on saturday the 5th so that'll be uploaded tomorrow and then you can find me on twitter at still as of right now the collectionist um twitter handle is switch perfect You guys go check out Dean. And until next time, may the force be with you all. We will see you next week.